welcome to This Week in Video Games, episode 62. My name's Tom Kershaw, and this is a podcast all about the world of video games. So this week, I've been playing Immortals Phoenix Rising, the demo from Ubisoft. It's a new open-world action RPG. I've also been playing Ickenfell, a new indie turn-based RPG, which is a beautiful pixel art adventure. Finally, I've been playing Hyperlight Drifter, something I missed out on when it was originally released, and I'm glad I went back to play this one. There's a busy show. Let's get to it. Welcome to the show, everyone. I hope you're well and you're having a good week. I'm doing good this week and pretty much waiting now for next generation consoles to be released. I decided to order a few PS5 games to kick off next gen in style. I got Demon's Souls, Spider-Man, Mars Morales and I'd really like to get Godfall 2 but I'll probably be playing that one on PC because we're not going to be getting the PlayStation 5 until November the 19th, a full week later, a full week later from our North American counterparts. That sucks, but it's cool. Next gen is just around the corner. I am having real trouble getting hold of an Xbox Series X. I hesitated at first. I had one in the cart, but I decided against it at the last minute. And now that FOMO has really started to kick in. I can't find one anywhere now. So I guess that is just a good lesson for me. One update this week, I have had some merch created and there's a bunch of t-shirts, long and short sleeve hoodies, socks and stickers. And of course, for the best preparation for the times that we're living in, face mask too. And I'll put a link down below in the description and the show notes of the podcast. And if you want to have a look, please do. Everything made from the sale of merchandise goes back into making the show better through new equipment, software and hardware. And related to that merch, I have had a few designs made from the logo, working with my good friend Walter Newton. So shout out to you, Walter, and thank you so much for your amazing design work. So we've got one regular logo and one glitched out logo, and they're really beautiful pixel art. So really, really good stuff, and I hope you like them. They both look really good, and everything comes in a range of colours, and it's a great way to support This Week in Video Games content, plus you get a nice t-shirt or gift too. Right, that is enough waffly intro from me. Well, let's get into what I've been playing this week. So this week, I've been most excited about Immortals Phoenix Rising. There's a free demo available on Google Stadia at the moment, and anyone can go along and play. I picked up Google Stadia when it first came out, subscribed for a short period of time, and then cancelled. But this type of exploration and action RPG, similar to The Legend of Zelda, is a great fit for Google Stadia. Although I imagine when the full game comes out, I'll probably be buying it on PS5 or PC. And I'll get into my first impressions of that demo later on in the show. Next up, I've got Ickenfell, and this is a nice old-school pixel art turn-based RPG and great for playing around Halloween due to it being a school of witches. This is a well-put-together indie game available on Xbox Game Pass, so if you're looking for a nice contained adventure, then I'd recommend picking this one up. And finally this week, I've been playing Hyperlight Drifter, and this is about four years old. It's not a new game by any stretch, and I think I picked this one up as a free game on the Epic Game Store back at the start when they started giving away free games, and man, I'm really, really glad I picked this one up. It's a beautiful game, and definitely one to check out if you missed it, and I'll get into my review of that later on in the show. But first of all this week, let's get into my first impressions of the Immortals Phoenix Rising demo. Immortals Phoenix Rising is a new open world adventure RPG from Ubisoft. First revealed at E3 2019, this is inspired by Breath of the Wild 
and is a cartoony adventure through ancient Greece. There's a free demo available right now on Google Stadia and you can check out the first hour or so of the game. Originally, Immortals Phoenix Rising was announced as Gods and Monsters, a much better title in my opinion. This is an open world action adventure played from the third person perspective, and the world you explore is bright and appears to take some of the best elements from Assassin's Creed and Breath of the Wild. In the demo, available on Google Stadia to check out now for free, you can explore a small section of the game which includes a tutorial of fighting, exploring and climbing. There's a small puzzle to solve as well as a nice boss battle with a cyclops towards the end, and it's a rounded demo giving you the freedom to explore and you get to experience the main gameplay loops in the game. I definitely recommend checking this one out and that demo is available until October the 29th 2020. There's definitely some clear similarities between this and Breath of the Wild for sure. Phoenix can climb and glide much like Link, but there are some deeper systems at play here, including leveling up weapons and armor. Puzzles and battles are around every corner, as well as collectible items so Phoenix can whip up a potion or two to help out with health, stamina, attack and defense. While the game may look similar to the latest Legend of Zelda game, the underlying systems and controls are very close to Assassin's Creed. Combat is really satisfying with attacks and dodges and parrying, and when you defeat enemies you can pick up new themed armour which have their own stats and abilities. There's also a skill tree too which is going to provide you with the ability to spec into different styles of play in the full game. For the purposes of the demo, some of the skill tree has been filled out for you, so you get a good feel for different skills that Phoenix is going to have later on. Complementing your regular quick and heavy attacks are special attacks, and you can summon the power of the gods. I had an ability where multiple spears were thrust out from the ground, and I could use a big hammer on command, as well as my lift ability. This was one thing that was very Breath of the Wild. Sometimes it doesn't do the game service to constantly compare it to Zelda. However, these abilities for lifting an object felt almost ripped from Breath of the Wild itself. However, a nice little differentiator are the stealth elements too, where you can sneak through the grass and surprise a group of enemies with a sneak attack. The feel for the game is definitely striking and exciting. Opening chests gives me that burst of colour and music, and when you finish off an enemy, there's a big dramatic crescendo of music, and they either explode in smoke or fly off into the distance. There's an underlying satisfaction here, which I think is going to hook many players, whether they've played similar games or they're fresh into a Ubisoft series. Immortals Phoenix Rising is put together in a narrative package set in ancient Greece, with our adventure being narrated by Zeus and Prometheus. These gods are attempting to tell ancient legends and they're constantly going back and forth, arguing with each other and providing some comic relief as the game goes on. It was really funny in the demo, however I'm not really sure if this is going to last into the main game and whether this is going to become annoying over time, but it definitely added a little bit of something light-hearted and I have to say I really enjoyed the humour. The graphics, they're bright and they're vibrant. Sometimes I felt like I'm playing Fortnite as it can be a little bit cartoony at times, but that may just be the character models, environments and the mystical characters like the Minotaurs, Cerberus and the Cyclops looked absolutely fantastic. My character model sometimes looked a little bit unfinished, but that may be down to the character creation that's going into the finished title. I was interested in the game before I played the demo, but now I'm really, really excited for the full release. If you like Assassin's Creed later entries like Odyssey or Origins, and of course Breath of the Wild, this could end up scratching that itch for action, adventure and puzzles. 
Immortals Phoenix Rising comes out on December the 3rd, 2020 for pretty much everything. We've got PS4, PS5, Xbox One, Series S and X, Switch, PC and of course Google Stadia. And that demo is free to play now until October the 29th on Google Stadia, so definitely go and check it out. Well that is it for my first impressions of Immortals Phoenix Rising. Next up, let's check out my review of Ickenfell. Ickenfell is a modern day turn based RPG with a retro look and feel. It's got fantastic writing and the combat is as interesting as it is challenging. It's available on pretty much every platform so if you like retro feeling RPGs then you should definitely check this one out. There's obvious comparisons with Harry Potter and that universe. The protagonist is Magritte who's looking for her sister Safina. Magritte is a regular person, whereas her sister is pretty much the star of Ickenfell, the school of magic. Ickenfell itself has been shut down by the search goes on, and Magritte thinks she's just a regular person. However, early on it is revealed that she does in fact have powers and abilities much like her sister. This is a coming-of-age story where Magritte starts to understand and accept who she is and find out some new information about her sister through stories told throughout the narrative of the game. Ickenfell is striking and grabs your attention from the start. You know, all of the characters, especially Magritte and Safina, are told really well, but there's a collection of supporting characters that certainly play their part too. Many of the cast are gay, trans, and some are trying to find their way and place in this world, which now seems to be under attack from a strange force or forces. The narrative is super strong in Ickenfell. However, complementing that is a turn-based RPG battle system that will keep you on your toes from the start and throughout. The battle system is set on a grid and you'll be able to position yourself before attacking or choosing an item. Much like classic turn-based RPGs, as you progress you can level up your characters to unlock higher tiers of magical powers and abilities. As you rank up, you'll open up various new spells and these can lead to some nice and powerful area of effect damage. This has to be taken into account when you position your character in battle. So when you first start out, things are simple enough. You'll have a straightforward fire attack with Magritte. But as you grow stronger, the spells become more potent, the new AoE comes into play, which opens up the ability to attack in different shapes and across a number of tiles at once. So later on in the game, you'll have the ability to add new party members too for an all-out onslaught against your foes. But you have to master the basics first. The battle system is one of the standout features in the game which makes a tactical battling and positioning to get max damage on as many enemies as possible great fun indeed. There's also a nice timing mechanic added into the mix, we have to press the button exactly at the right time for more damage, mixing up the attack styles and adding a little bit of variation into the play. I have to say I had a little bit of trouble with the timing mechanic at first but once you get into it it does get really good. One thing you have to be careful of when it comes to the battle system is you can damage your own teammates and party. So pay attention to where you're laying down the attacks because you don't want to weaken your own team too much with a mistake. The AI in the game too is super smart with bigger teams working in harmony with one another. Two pairs attack and then two pairs heal or defend making your life really difficult indeed and keeping up the challenge as you progress through the game. The boss mechanics aren't always obvious either, engaging the brain into finding out the tactics to damage the boss does take a little bit of work, so there's definitely a good challenge for all range of players. 
The battle system has a certain level of depth, meaning it's going to be easy to pick up and get into, but it's going to take some time to master. There's a good range of enemies to face off against where you're going to be engaging in the battle system. So each enemy has its own attacks and magic to learn and understand. And the range of enemies combined with varied attack patterns means you're going to need to get up to speed very quickly to be successful. I didn't mind this so much as it kept things fresh, but it could possibly be seen as frustrating to some, so I can understand if you felt this way. It wasn't a major issue for me, but I do think it's something to be aware of. If the game does start to feel a little bit tricky, the developers have worked in some nice features so you can quickly progress if that's what you want to do. There's a win button for all battles, meaning you can forego all battles instantly if that's what you want to do, and you're still going to get a little bit of XP by doing that. This could be for a player who simply wants to steam through the game and get all the story and move on. It did seem a little bit too easy for me, but there is another nice feature where you can get some help with the timing mechanic. It can be set to manual, semi-auto or auto, and this is good if you don't want to have to concentrate on that mechanic, which speeds things up a little bit, but maintains a certain level of challenge. The graphics in Ikenfell are pixel art retro style, which I absolutely love, as I came from a NES and SNES era of gaming. When I think of Final Fantasy, I know some people think of the original Final Fantasy VII, but I always think of Final Fantasy VI and how beautiful the pixel art in that game was. This has all the beauty and charm of a mid-90s RPG, and the audio design and the soundtrack are fantastic too. I played the game on Xbox Game Pass for PC, and for me, this is the perfect case for Xbox Game Pass. I'd heard about Ikenfell, but I wasn't sure about diving in on Nintendo Switch or Steam. As I have Xbox Game Pass, I instantly had access to this little gem, and much like other games before Ikenfell, I'm glad I had the opportunity to play it. Ikenfell is a great turn-based RPG with a really interesting battle system that has depth and requires skill and patience to master. The game gets into you quickly and keeps you playing with a great story, interesting characters and multiple battles. Old school RPG players will recognise some of the classic systems that match the graphics, but things have really been brought up to the modern day too, with neat improvements and a difficulty system, and the ability to skip things if you want to add variety for players, meaning they can play the game in a way that they want to play. It's a great little game with magic and mystery and something you should definitely try out today. So the game was developed by Chevy Ray Johnson, it's available for Nintendo Switch, PC, Xbox One, PS4 and Mac, and was originally released on the 8th of October 2020. Well that's it for my review of Ikenfell, but next up let's check out the all platform charts. So at number 10 this week we've got Grand Theft Auto 5, that's up one place from last week's number 11. Number 9 this week we've got Crash Bandicoot 4, it's about time, that's down 6 places from last week's number 3. Number 8 this week it's Star Wars Squadron, down 6 places from last week's number 2. And number 7 this week it's Just Dance 2020, up a whopping 10 places from last week's number 17. Number 6 this week it's Super Mario 3D All-Stars, down 1 place from last week's number 5. And number 5 this week it's Ring Fit Adventure, up 5 places from last week's number 10. Number 4 this week it's Minecraft, up 3 places from last week's number 7. And number 3 this week it's Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, up 3 places from last week's number 6. Number 2 this week is Animal Crossing New Horizons, up 2 places from last week's number 4. And number 1 this week it's FIFA 21, retaining that number 1 spot, and congrats to EA for this week's number 1. Well finally this week let's check out a game I've heard a lot about but I missed it when it first came out. Let's check out my review of Hyperlight Drifter. 
Hyperlight Drifter is a beautiful yet punishing game that's going to challenge and delight you in equal measures. Visually stunning, particularly if you enjoy pixel art and games with a retro feel, Hyperlight Drifter mixes modern combat techniques and asks you to unravel a mystery in a very dangerous world. Hyperlight Drifter is an interesting one to describe, as much of the delight in the game is figuring out the story, the narrative and your place in the world for yourself. At the start of the game you're given a sword, then it's off you go against a series of tough enemies. Figuring out what to do and where to go in the game is no small feat, as chats with other people in the game are presented as a fictional language, which reminded me much of the movie Arrival, so it's text in image form. There's a gorgeous opening cutscene in the game which provides you with some content with our heroes surviving a huge attack on their home planet and being confronted by huge titans and a mysterious monster who appears to be chasing us throughout the whole game. Our hero seems more than capable with a sword but appears to have some deadly affliction as they seem to be regularly coughing up pink blood. Narrative aside, the game is relatively open. Similar to games like the early Legend of Zelda games, we view our hero from a top-down point of view, moving from screen to screen, battling deadly enemies. And these enemies are really deadly indeed. Similar to FromSoft games, the battles can be punishing and time-consuming, but ultimately they are really satisfying when you secure victory. Hyperlight Drifter isn't really done justice in screenshots alone. Hyperlight Drifter isn't really done justice in screenshots alone. So if you haven't played the game yourself, then it must be seen in video form rather than in still screenshots. The fluidity of the movement underlined with the soaring music and audio design makes for an absolutely breathtaking experience. The world to explore in Hyperlight Drifter is a beautiful one. It's a neon pixel art world where the colours pop out the screen and this stunning visual slightly helps soften the blow for all those times that you're going to die. The map is divided into four main sections with your hub in the middle and that's full of shops, vendors and upgrades. It's up to you to head into each of these four locations to investigate and ultimately defeat the enemies that live there. It's fairly freeform and you can pretty much take on the zones in the order that you see fit. It's similar feeling to Legend of Zelda, not in the fact you have to identify a dungeon, go there and then kill a boss. So in this game, there's definitely more to it than that, you know. As well as taking out a boss, there's four terminals and they're located in their own mini dungeons that are off the beaten path from the main overworld area. So finding your way can be tricky early on, but once you get the hang of things, it really starts to click. There's an element of wandering and discovery in Hyperlight Drifter which I really, really loved, but it may not be to everyone's taste. Much like games before it, dying is definitely part of the learning curve in Hyperlight Drifter. The controls are relatively simple. You've got a slash, a dash and a shoot. So dashing helps you get over small gaps out of the way of enemies too. Be careful though because enemies they're really varied and they're really clever. So you need to utilise that dash and definitely learn when to use it. Swinging the sword is fairly self-explanatory. It's going to be your primary weapon and then there's the gun. So there's only a limited number of bullets in this pistol and you've got to use it wisely. So you can reload the weapon by slashing with a sword and using elements in the environment. So this is a really nice technique and it keeps you from using the gun all the time and tempts you into using the sword and to test you against the environment. This does mean that combat is certainly a challenge in Hyperlight Drifter. This model may put some people off, but do persevere with it because the narrative and the satisfaction payoff is absolutely huge. As well as the game looking beautiful, it's a feast for the ears. The score, the audio design, all brought together makes Hyperlight Drifter a memorable audio experience which all adds up to that sense of doom and mystery. 
The Zelda comparisons are fair from a visual point of view, but dig a little bit deeper and Hyperlight Drifter has you focusing much more on the combat element rather than solving puzzles or getting from A to B. Rather, there's going to be a tough as nails enemy or series of enemies in your way as you go from A to B or via another letter entirely. There's a good variety to the enemies from swooping birds to robots that emerge from the ground in surprise attacks. There are range attackers too and they can be super frustrating and it's best to take them out ASAP otherwise they're going to sap your life away from you really really quickly. The boss fights are memorable and tricky in equal measure and require timing, practice and patience. And they all have set patterns and you're going to need to study their movements to figure out their weaknesses and then focus on them. It's only going to be a matter of time before you're taking them down but do beware that will take a bit of time. Aside from the battles and the systems to get to grips with, there's plenty to mesmerise you in the game. The artwork, the audio design works so well together to create an atmospheric and magical experience. Disasterpiece is responsible for the wonderful soundtrack to the game and this further draws you into the world the Heart Machine has created, marrying fluid movement, delightful graphics and brilliant audio. It took me far too long to get to Hyperlight Drifter, it's just in time too because Heart Machine is well into development of their next project Solar Ash, which was showed off during the PlayStation 5 showcase. What I would say is don't sleep on Hyperlight Drifter. Yes. It can be difficult, but the reward is great. I can almost guarantee that you're going to enjoy this one. So the developer was Heart Machine. The publisher was Abbey Light Studios. It's available for Nintendo Switch, PC, PS4, Xbox One and Mac. It was originally released on the 31st of March 2016. Well that is it for my review of Hyperlight Drifter and definitely check that one out. It's super, super fun. But next up, let's have a look at what's coming up in the next few weeks. Well first up, on October the 22nd we've got a few games, we've got Carto, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC, we've got Ghost Runner, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC, and we've got The Legend of Heroes, Trails of Cold Steel 4, and that one is coming out on PS4. And then on October the 29th we've got Watch Dogs Legion, it's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Stadia and PC. Then on the 30th of October we've got Pikmin 3 Deluxe, coming out on Nintendo Switch. And another one on the 30th, we've got the Dark Pictures Anthology Little Hope coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. Finally, to round out October, we've got Auto Chess coming out on October the 31st and that one is coming out on PS4. Then to kick off November, on the 3rd of November, we've got Jurassic World Evolution that's coming to Nintendo Switch. Remember, remember the 5th of November, we've got Breath Edge that's coming out on PC. And then again on the 5th of November, we've got Yes Tomorrow, that's on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. Then on the 6th of November, we've got Dirt 5, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One and PC. And then on the 6th of November, we've got two games, we've got Need for Speed, Hot Pursuit Remastered, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. And we've got Paw Patrol, Mighty Pups, Save Adventure Bay, that's coming out on PS4, Xbox One, Switch and PC. Well that is it for this week's episode and if you want to get involved in the show get in contact through Patreon at patreon.com forward slash this week in video games or check out the latest on the website. Send in your questions, your comments and your video game stories. I'm always interested in hearing from you. I'm also available on Twitter, Facebook, YouTube and Instagram to so search This Week in Video Games on your favourite platform and join in that conversation. Well thank you so much for listening. For more This Week in Video Games content like this subscribe on YouTube and share it with a friend.
To join our community, check out the Discord link in the description, and you can follow me on Twitter at TWIVG Podcast. If you enjoyed this podcast or found it useful, liking and sharing it would really help me out. Otherwise, check out the other podcasts in the feed. Thanks again, and I'll see you in the next one.